As we're going through selective psalms, we come to Psalm 34, and you notice in your Bible there's probably a note under the Psalm 34, a psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed, or something along that line. So, when you think of that, in 1 Samuel 21, we read the account of this, where David took matters into his own hands and was deceitful, didn't really trust the Lord, was deceitful in this matter, and, um, and then went on with his life. And, and again, I don't have the time to go in. You can go back and read 1 Samuel 21. But you read that heading, and then you read Psalm 34, and you think, wait a minute, what's going on here? It doesn't sound like in 1 Samuel 21 that he was really trusting the Lord, and now he's writing this. Um, what is this? You can live one way and then talk another way. No, really... Um, scholars say that between 1 Samuel 21 and Psalm 34 really comes the experience in his life of Psalm 56. David, out of fear of Saul, fled to Gath. He attempted to live in that city without revealing his identity, but he was soon discovered and he was placed under house arrest, and David began to understand the grave danger that he was in. And he acted as though he were insane and was expelled from Gath. And, and as he looked back on those events, he understood that he feared man more than he feared God. And Psalm 56 is really a prayer of uh, confession, of fearing man, not fearing God. And it's a vow of his trust to God. And then Psalm 34 is written as a, a experienced individual who was walking with God, had learned many lessons in his life and is a testimony of the grace of God. Aren't you glad in your life, I'm glad in my life, that God doesn't just stop us at certain times and say, "Up, oh, that's third strike and you're out. There's no hope for you. You're done. The mercy of God is abundant. And David's life is a testimony of that. So David wrote this psalm from a voice of experience and a, a challenge to us. And it's a, it's a psalm that he wrote um, kind of bringing us along with him. So with that in mind, you follow along as, in your Bible as I read Psalm 34. Um, just a wonderful psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. 
I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Think of that. In light of David didn't seek the Lord, he had all these fears, and then he learned to seek the Lord, and God delivered him from all his fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. You notice David begins this psalm with a commitment. I will. And, and he then, in the, the first three verses, makes his commitment of what he is going to do. We sang this morning, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. That is a, that is a decision. That is a commitment that is made. And you notice the commitment that David made. I will, number one, bless the Lord at all times. Now, you know, that's easy to say when everything's going good. But David's saying, I have made up my mind. This, this is the goal. This is where I'm going. I will bless the Lord at all times. David knew that in life there comes some very difficult times. But David made the commitment, I am, I am committing to this, I will bless the Lord at all times. No matter what comes into my life, I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm not going to curse God, I'm not going to turn from God, I will bless the Lord at all times. Then he goes on, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So he says, this is the commitment I'm making. I will bless the Lord at all times. 
His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Have you ever been to the point where you say, okay, I know I'm supposed to bless the Lord. I'm blessing the Lord in my heart. David went far beyond that. And, and blessing the Lord begins in our heart. But David said, I am not going to just keep it in here. His praise will continually be in my mouth. This is a commitment that he's making. This is, this is his standard, if you please. This is his goal. Then notice what he says. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. In other words, he said, okay, this is my commitment. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I am going to boast in the Lord. You may say, I thought boasting was sin. Not when you boast in the Lord. Because we can't say the greatness of God enough. You know, what is boasting? Boasting when we boast in ourselves, we we make things look better than they really are. You can't make God look better than he is. The only thing we can boast in is the Lord. So he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord, and the humble will hear thereof and be glad. And then he adds one more thing. He comes and invites. He said, come along, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Now, when something is magnified, it doesn't make it bigger than it really is. It just causes it to be seen in a bigger light. So David said, this is a commitment I'm making. I want people to see God clearly. I want people to um, see God in a bigger light. I want God to be magnified in their life. I don't want him to be I don't want him to be in the background. I don't want him to be in the background of my life. I want him to be front and center. I want him brought under the microscope. I want him brought near. My job is to be like a magnifying glass. Here's God. Here I am. People look through my life and they see God more clearly than they've ever seen him before. So here's his commitment. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. It's the only name that matters. Our names will disappear. Our names will be gone. I don't care if it's etched in marble that that name will be gone. And David said, this is my commitment. My commitment is, I am committed to blessing the Lord at all times. His praise will be in my mouth continually. I will boast in the Lord. I will magnify the Lord. I will exalt His name together. Do people know how good God is by observing your life? 
See, this is what David is saying. He's saying, I, I want, I am committed to these things so that people will see how good God is by looking through my life. Someone said, if Christians praise God more, the world would doubt him less. And I, I believe that's really true. You know, one of the things that has stood out to me in these studies in the Psalms is continually exhorting us to praise the Lord. And it is important that we understand that. A woman who was more than 80 years old wrote of an impact that was made on her life when she was a child. She said, I recalled when I was a child... I used to watch a precious old saint in church with his eyes closed as he sang and his head thrown back, his whole heart and soul singing. Often, she said, with tears trickling down over his face, she said, and the one that stands out to me is when we'd sing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. She said, I saw him, and, and the, the reality that that was his desire. She said, sometimes he sang off-tune and sometimes way off-tune. But she said, nobody ever cared because they, they knew he was singing from his heart, and he didn't doubt a single word of what he was singing. Do you understand? This wasn't some show this gentleman put on. He was magnifying Christ through his walk with God. So the commitment, the commitment, this is what I'm going to do. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Come, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's the goal, but how do we get there? How do we get to where we have genuine praise? We've been there before. I need to praise God more. And we might be determined and we might mean well in that. And I want to show this. I I want to make my soul boast in the Lord. And I want to do that. But as much as we mean it, we, we oftentimes struggle. And David goes on. And in verse 8, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you like peanut butter? Raise your hand. How many of you like peanut butter and chocolate? Raise your hand. Has Drew got his hand up there? You like peanut butter and chocolate? Do you like peanut butter and chocolate when it's combined like this? Come here, Drew. I want to invite you to do something. We're going to have a study. I'm inviting you to study a Reese peanut butter cup. Wow, doesn't that look good? I mean, look at, and it says two peanut butter cups. Two. In the Greek, that means that there's not just one. That means there's two. Now, look at this. Look at this. Calories. 
220. That means if I eat one and you eat one, that's only 110 each, right? Yeah, that's not bad, is it, huh? Look at this. Who's it? Let's see what else. Distributed by the Hershey Company. Do you know the history behind the Hershey Company? I mean, they make some of the finest chocolates in our land. I mean, Hershey's, just the plain old classic Hershey candy bar. How many of you like that, huh? Hershey's almonds, all right? M&M's. Man, we're getting revival in the church house today. Amen? Come on now. I got to talk chocolate for you to come to life, don't I? But look, look at this. This, I mean, it even shows a picture of what's in there. That looks good, doesn't it? Let, let's, just, let's just give some praise for this, okay? Let's say Reese's, Reese's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, can you do that? Ready? Reese's, Reese's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to open this up. And I'm going to eat this one. Oh, my goodness. Drew, this is unbelievable. It's fresh. I mean, sometimes you get them and they've been on the shelf too long and they're not fresh. This one is fresh. It is good. It is wonderful. I mean... Let's do that cheer again. I mean, I can really. Ready? Here we go. Reese's, Reese's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't look very excited, does he? Oh, taste and see that the Reese's is good. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Let's go. Reese's, Reese's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so, I taste and see, and I don't just study it. We don't just study this. I don't just tell him about it. I give to him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Here, go give some to some others there, okay? Here you go. Taste and see. Here, taste and see. Can he okay? Taste and see that the Lord, you don't want any, do you? Let me tell you this about this. This is wonderful. No, no, you taste and see. You taste and see that the Lord is good. Right here. Oh, boy, I've only got three of them and there's four there. So you guys fight over it, okay? And parents, you can teach them how to have a godly response after church, okay? How does all that relate to this? The psalmist is saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. But notice this psalm. He said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. But notice verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me. If I build into my life the, the practical 
personal experience of me seeking the Lord, as I seek the Lord, and I find him, my heart will make its boast in the Lord. Listen, if we don't seek God... It doesn't matter how much we are committed. I'm going to praise him more this week. If we don't seek the Lord, and in this psalm, he said, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Verse 4, verse 5, they looked to him. That's seeking the Lord. We don't have time to go into it, but read Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. It talks about seeking the Lord. You search for it as for hidden treasure. You cry out for it. It's seeking the Lord. Notice verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. We get the idea, I've come to Christ as my personal Savior. Hey, I'm good to go. I'm ready for heaven. No, you're here to magnify Christ. That's why he's left us here. And how can I magnify Christ? I begin by seeking. I want God more than anything else. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want God more than anything else. I'm seeking him. So that means because I'm seeking him, I'll make time to read the Bible. I'll make time to commune with him in prayer. I'll desire to learn about him and make it personal in my life. So it's seeking him. Then notice if you look in verse 6, this poor man cried out. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Notice verse 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. You seek the Lord. You cry out to the Lord. When's the last time you cried out to the Lord? Most of the time, and... And understandably so, most of the time we cry out to God when we're in desperate circumstances. And that's good. I'm not, we ought to cry out then. But you know, a wise person learns to cry out to God continually. God, I need your grace. God, I need your wisdom. God, I've worked at this job for 30 years, but I will not magnify you today unless you help me, unless I have your grace. God, I'm crying out to you. And listen, if we don't cry out to God, we will not praise him continually. We will not magnify him. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen if you live... As a Christian for 20 years, well, someday you'll wake up and you'll make your boast in the Lord and you'll continually praise the No, it doesn't just happen. And we like to think that some people are just born praisers. You know what I mean? No. As you seek God and as you cry out to God and as you cry out to God, the psalmist said, I cried unto the Lord And he heard me. Hey! So he goes around boasting. The Lord heard me. The Lord will hear you. The Lord heard me. The Lord answered. The Lord helped. If he never cried, he'd never be able to say that. If he didn't seek the Lord. So, it's seeking God. It's crying out to the Lord. It's fearing the Lord. Verse 8, 7. 
The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivers them. Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Verse 11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. David is saying here, I am committed to blessing the Lord at all times. And I have learned that as I seek the Lord and as I make that a priority in my life, the priority of my life, and as I cry out to him and as I fear God and not man, I can bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my my mouth. The fearing of God. Every one of these, we could preach a series on seeking the Lord and crying out to God, fearing the Lord. Notice verse 13. <clears throat> All these, as I went through this, I thought, what are, what are the verbs, the commands that we're to do? Verse 13, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Depart from evil and do good. Okay? I am committed to blessing the Lord at all times. If I do not depart from evil and do good, I won't, I won't bless the Lord at all times. This is why we have trouble. Um, what can we praise God for? Good weather. Well, what if we were having a blizzard today? Why, why do we as Christians struggle with praising God? Part of it is we don't seek Him. We don't fear Him. We don't cry out to Him. And, and we don't depart from evil. Or we may depart from evil, but we don't do good. See, God isn't pleased with, I don't do that, and I don't do that, and I don't do that. I'm pretty good. Well, you know what? In football, if a guy says, I don't get offside, and I'm not the 12th man on the field, and I don't do all these things, okay, but what good do you do? You run the wrong way. Ah, that's not good. Can you catch a ball? I do good. We, we've had in Christianity where a model Christian is, I don't do this and I don't do this and I don't do this. Okay, what do you do? Depart from evil and do good. As Christians, we're not saved by our works, but we're saved unto good works. We're saved to serve, as we heard in Sunday school again. We're saved to do good works. We need to quickly go on. Another thing that he says that will strengthen my praise to God is to embrace brokenness. Notice verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all to embrace brokenness. We heard in Sunday school the need to die to self, 
the brokenness. God is near to those that are of a broken heart. And save such as be of a contrite spirit. So we embrace that and we find out, wow, God walked with me through that valley. I will bless the Lord. We'll have something to testify of the grace of God as we embrace Him in that. Genuine praise, genuine blessing of the Lord is born from personal experience of walking with God. It's in my distress I cried unto the Lord, and the Lord heard me. Then that produces the praise in our lives. It's these um, disciplines that he builds into our lives, that we build into our lives, understanding, God, I want you more than anything else. I'm going to seek you and cry out to you and fear you and depart from evil and do good. Embrace the brokenness. So it's on that pathway of those things that then we get to the destination of blessing the Lord at all times. But you notice if you'd look in verse 21. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. David is calling our attention to the promises of God. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. But it doesn't look like it. There's times it looked like the evil's prospering and blessing. But I rest in the promises of God. There's times it looked like everything's going bad for the servants of the Lord. But I rest in the promises of God that none of them that trust in him will end up desolate. Do you understand? The evil is condemned. The evil shall slay the wicked and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. Another word for the desolate is condemned. It's used in verse 21 and verse 22. Both the evil and the believers, that word is used for. Both the wicked and the righteous are guilty before God, but only the wicked are punished. Why? Because the righteous have taken refuge in Jesus Christ. And their sin is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Everyone is born into this world and we're guilty. But the wicked will be punished because their sin has never been covered. The righteous will not be left condemned. Why? Because they have trusted in the promise of God that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And they are trusting in the grace of God so that they understand I am resting in the promises of God. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercies, His child and forever I am. That's praise. Why? Because He's resting in the promises of God. And he will not be condemned. 
in daily life, we must see that it is not happiness that makes us grateful, but gratefulness that makes us happy. And that's born out of seeking God. As I seek God, what did he say? The promise of God, those that seek me will find me. So as you seek God, God, I want to know your face. I I want to know you as I'm reading the word this morning. I'm not reading it just to mark it off. God, I want to know you. And as you read the word and a verse speaks to you, you say, my, thank you, God, for speaking to me. I'm this little peon in southern Iowa. I'm nobody. But you speak to me. Praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue. And, and as we seek God, as we cry out to God, God, I cannot be the father I ought to be. I cannot be the husband I ought to be. I don't, I don't care how many books you've read. I don't care what seminars you've gone to. I don't care how many classes you can teach on parenting or being a husband or wife, until you learn to cry out to God, you'll never be what you ought to be. But when you cry out to God and say, God, this is beyond me, and everything is beyond us. Everything. No, I could could go to work and work blindfold. I could do it. Okay, let's see you go to work tomorrow morning. When God all of a sudden touches a nerve in your back that makes you can't move. Or when God all of a sudden paralyzes you on the right side. Let's see you go to work. Do you understand? Everything we do is the grace of God. And we ought to be crying out, God, I want to honor you. I want to bless you. Because your name is the only name worth blessing. And God, I come to you. I need your grace today. It's for that reason we depart from evil. Many of us have no reason why to depart from evil. Why should I go through this battle? Why should I struggle with this? Just give in. Depart from evil so that we can bless the Lord, so that we can have a closeness to God and do good. The reality is that David made that commitment, but then it was followed up by definite personal experience that was genuine praise. If I had never, ever tasted a Reese peanut butter cup and I said to Drew, I hear there's a candy bar out there. I've seen ads on it, pretty neat ads when it comes to uh, NCAA basketball and things, and they they really have some neat ads, and it really looks good. Maybe you ought to try it, Drew. You know, that wouldn't be very convincing to him. But when I taste and see that the Lord is good, and then I introduce him to taste and see that the Lord is good, then there is praise. See, it's not just, okay, 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 pastor, I'm going to go out, I'm going to try to praise God more this week. No, seek God more this week. Cry out to God more this week. Fear God this week. If you're a child of God, Do good. Look for, how can I do good? How can I serve? 
And as you do that, then your heart will be filled with praise to God. It's the road to the praise to God that's the key. And he spells it out for us. But again, it all comes back to resting in the promises of God. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I have never, I have never called upon Jesus Christ to forgive my sins. I don't care how much you determine to do something, you will not be able to praise God because you are not a child of God. You are separated from God. And it's not doing good. Okay, I'm going to go out and depart from evil and do good. That's only a command to followers of Christ who have already trusted Christ. You must call upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And then, and only then, is God open to the praises of your lips. The praise of your heart. And God stands today and he invites every one of us. He invites those that have never trusted him. Come, trust me to forgive your sins. And every child of God, he's saying, come, seek me. Cry out to me. I will show myself to you so that you can't help but praise me. We live in an artificial world and we have artificial praise. When you really see God work, when you know you have cried out to God, and and don't let's not force God's hand, so to speak. We can't force God's hand, but but let's let's not make it that the only time we cry out to God is when we're in deep trouble. We're in deep trouble every minute. If we understood, if if you walked out here today and your eyes were immediately open to the spiritual warfare that's going on, we'd be crying out to God. We'd say, whoa, man, look at this. God, help me. That ought to be our heart's cry every day. And when we do, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. Heavenly Father, I pray that our hearts would be filled with praise to you continually. Praise to you that is born out of a personal experience of our walk with you, of of us knowing that we cried and you heard, of us seeking you and, and being brought to an intimate relationship with you. Lord, of us knowing your presence in the midst of brokenness. Lord, I pray that there would be a revival among Christians of our walk with you that would be manifested in genuine praise to you. I pray, Lord, for individuals who are here today and they know they have never personally surrendered to call upon you for the forgiveness of sin, I pray today that they would say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save my soul. And we rejoice that you hear and answer that prayer. 